The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. Lord, His Word, you of our praise. Uh, are there people in the house who are happy? Who are grateful, who are alive, who are well, whose God has who God has done amazing things for. Jam those hands together, celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Something is changing. Something is moving. Let's give him all the praise and all the glory and all the worship. Because he's worthy. Father, we thank you. Thank you because it feels like heaven on earth. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your glory here. Thank you for your mercies here. Lord, we say accept our thanks and accept our praise. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'd like you to turn around to somebody to your left, to your right. Welcome them warmly with a smile. Even if they can't see your smile. Praise the name of the Lord. You may please have your seats. Fragrance of life, the Lord bless you richly. And those watching online, thank you so very much for connecting with us. Uh, irrespective of where you're connecting from, within on, or outside of North America, the Lord bless you richly in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. I am believing God for something exciting this morning. And... Um, and I'm believing God for an unusual dimension of release of grace this morning in the name of Jesus. And I trust God that your life, my life, won't be the same again in Jesus' mighty name. But just some quick housekeeping. Um, we Next Sunday, by the special grace of God, is going to be Thanksgiving service. It's the second month in the year. See how fast January is gone. And I don't know, but January has been amazing. But God is also much more amazing. And I believe, God, that this year, exceeding grace will work for you. In Jesus' mighty name. So come next Sunday with a lot of expectations. A, lo a lot of expectations because God will do all some things for you and I. In the mighty name of Jesus. By the special grace of God, hopefully our LED walls will be up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're stepping, we're stepping a bit up. We're stepping up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But part of, part of that comes up also with the need to have people who will help us man the various equipments we're getting. So if you're interested in visuals, you, wanna, you, you, you have some creativity you know, inside of you, or you desire that God would bless you with some dimensions of new creativity to help us run this the new system that is coming please i'd like you to see um i'd like you to see dikiname at the end of service uh, just see him and we can connect together or you can see me at the end of service and we'll just talk about that and trust god and those of you who are watching online and you want to be a part of this we need we need volunteers here who will help us with a lot of creativity and all of that with respect to the led walls that are coming and then, of course, added to that also, we're going to be having lights um, and some light effects. So, exceeding grace is taking us higher. <laughs> exceeding grace is taking us higher. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And I told us, I told us the story, for those who have not connected to that, I told us the story of how God blessed us with the gifts of that LED and the lighting. We... We made an application sometimes about two years or so ago and, and um, uh, in, in order to be able to just reduce some of the things to be able to address and meet up with the online viewership and be able to impact you know, to various people who are watching you know, in different places across the globe. And then they rejected the application. And we had a, a month where we, we pushed and we were trusting God for the unusual. And suddenly they called us back and they wrote us a letter and said, look, hey, that application you wrote, we have uh, reconsidered it. We are giving you the money. And that was how God did it. 
That's God, how God did it. Amazing. Just amazing. Amazing. So we're not putting in a dime of church money towards the LED walls. We've been blessed with that. And we bless the name of the Lord. Also, this year, by the special grace of God, because of how God will want us to minister to people, if we have a foundation, and last year, by the special grace of God, the Throne of Grace Foundation or TOG Foundation was a blessing to some people by giving some sense of scholarship to people who met the criteria for such scholarships. This year, we are trusting God to be much more of a blessing to some much more people. And if, if you want to be a part of this, you want to be a part of this, I think the, um, the TOG Foundation crew, they're going to be doing what they call a big, a big sale. That's how they told, said it to me. They're going to be doing a big sale. If you want to know what a big sale is, please uh, see Sister Angela. And then she'll be able to put you through. But, but the idea is we need, we need to be able to connect with that grace. And be a blessing to others. God said to you and I, say, I will bless you. And you will be a blessing. I am trusting God that God will bless you. Amen. And those who are watching online, I'm trusting God that God will bless you. And not only will God bless you, you will be a channel through whom blessings will flow to many. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, um, you're going to be hearing more of that and... If you'd like to know more of that, please connect with Sister Angela and um, you'll be a blessing to many who will be recipients of such great blessings in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, please, if you're a man in the house, now, because we need to do some work in the course of this week, we require your attention immediately after service. Please, immediately after service, let's come over to the back of this auditorium. There's things we need to move around and then move them to a new flame center. And just sort out the back there so that when they come to work in the course of the week, they will have access to the back. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Aren't you glad that Ontario is opening out? I don't know about you, but I am so glad that Ontario is opening out. And one of the leaders said something. He said that Ontarians have to come to terms with the fact that they have to live with some of these things. Now, for every believer hearing the sound of my voice, the difference for you is that your case is different. Why? The Bible says that when diseases and challenges and problems will come upon the face of the world, God will build a shield of protection round about you. So, friends, don't fear what others fear. Why? There's a protection round about your life. The Bible says, the Lord is my shield. I'm my protector. And I am believing God that irrespective of what happens around the nations of the world, God will protect you. Amen. Say to someone, God will protect you. Amen. Put it out there in the chat room. God will protect you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you as we look into your word this morning. The entrance of your word brings life. It brings illumination. We are asking that God, you will challenge us by your word. You will transform us by your word. You will equip us by your word. Lord, there is grace for finances. We see it run over and over in scriptures. For everyone under the sound of my voice, watching online, in person, we are asking today for a release of that grace upon our lives. A release upon our families a release upon our children, a release in your house, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we promise to give you back all the glory and all the honor and all the adoration. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I'd like you to lay your hands on your chest and say, Father, empower me with financial grace. Say it again with power. Pa Father, empower me with financial grace. May God answer your prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, there is something they call financial grace. 
if you look through scriptures, you realize that in various points, there is a lot of manifestation of financial grace. Financial grace is simply a divine ability operating in you, operating in me to prosper. That's what financial grace is. We, we, we talked about different dimensions of grace in the course of this month. Uh, and we are wrapping up this dimension of exceeding grace as we propel into 2022. We, we're receiving new dimensions of financial grace for every one of us. Listen and listen, friends. There's a power that makes people rich. And that's true. So true. And, and that is why some people in the other side of the world, they go to any length to acquire that power. If there is no power like that, why will people go to some length or some extent to acquire it? I was listening to someone you know, in the course of the week who said that he joined some societies because they promised him that, look, hey, when you join, we're going to make you wealthy. One of the temptations that Jesus was tempted with, Satan said to him, hey, look at everything around here. I have the power to give it to you. Yep. Th that means that, friends, riches can be bestowed on people. It can be. It can be. But, but you see, if the devil gives you riches, he gives you with challenges and difficulties and problems. It's like a good pile. But inside in the pile is worms and challenges. That's what the devil does. So he gives you a good bit. And at the end of the day, it comes with a lot of problems with it. But you see, when God gives financial riches, he says the blessings of the Lord... Does what? He said, it makes rich and it adds no sorrow to it. In other words, friends, on the balance of equation, which will you choose? What the devil gives or what God gives? I choose what God gives. I choose. And friends, for every believer, God can empower you. You, you. you decide to what extent you can get when it comes to financial grace. You decide. It's not God that decides. You decide. How far do you want to go with him? How far? How far do you want to go with him? He says, Moses speaking in this in scriptures. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. You shall remember the Lord your God. Because it is him who gives you what? Power. Somebody say power. power. Someone say power. Power. God is going to endow you with power this year Amen. for wealth creativity in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. He said it is God that gives you power. In other words, it's God that gives you ability. 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 So many years ago when I caught understanding of this scripture, I, I said that I, I, was, I stopped praying that God should give me money. I started praying for God to give me ability. 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 I have seen that there are people who are professors. Some are wealthy because of ability. Some are not. So it's not a function of the field in which you are in. It's not a function. There's a grace that comes upon you that makes a difference. And here Moses was saying, you must remember that it is God. Grace, financial, is not a function of your smartness. No. And, and that is why sometimes people feel that, oh, if, if they can just outsmart some people, oh, that is the way to accumulate wealth. You are smart people, other people will outsmart it from you. Right. <laughs> and that is why, friends, you, your, 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 your take must not be, oh, let me try and see how I can scam people. Or take from people. 
No, look up to God to give you the resources, the ability to make a difference. That is why my prayer today for every single one of us is that God will open up the heavens and pour forth unto you such divine grace that you'll be a blessing to many in the mighty name of Jesus. I am trusting God that out of this house, God is going to raise millionaires. And I'm not talking about in Zimbabwe, Zimbabwean dollars. <laughs> I don't know why Zimbabwe comes to my mind, but I recall, I recall the other day, you know, when I checked out the currency, you know, there are dollars and there are dollars. <laughs> you know, there are dollars. It's because I, don't, I didn't want to say, you know, God will make you a millionaire in dollars. Because what if it is in Zimbabwe dollar that you carry? You carry what happens? <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are some dollars you carry, even if you're a billionaire, it doesn't amount to anything. But I'm trusting God that God will make you substantially a man and a woman of influence that will be a blessing to generations. A blessing to generations. Listen, friends, listen, friends. You see, there are, there, are, there are different categories of grace. I think I, somewhere along the line, in the course of the you know, teaching, I, I, I spoke a little bit about it, but I want to just dwell in some few minutes on this. There are two major categories of grace. But every grace, irrespective of the category, is not free. Many times they've said to us, hey, grace that brought salvation is free. But the truth is that it's not really free. But you see, there are two categories of grace. One category is the general grace. The, what you may call the common grace. That grace is offered to you, but somebody paid the price. So you get salvation. Oh, thank God for the free gift of salvation. But do you know that someone paid the price? Oh, I may, I may buy a very nice suit, for instance, and, and, and I give it to an Ofiki. And Ofiki says, oh, look at the free gift they gave to me. But the truth is that I paid the price. The, the same thing, friends. The grace of God that is common, that is general, like salvation, like protection for believers, and healing that Christ has promised to believers has been paid for. He paid for it. Christ paid for it. He gave something for it. And friends, everyone that would enjoy dimensions of grace must always remember that somebody paid a price for it. But the second dimension, and where I'm going to be dwelling on today, is the uncommon grace. And that's where the financial grace component falls in. Financial grace is some price you got to pay for yourself. Every uncommon grace component, you pay for it. Christ is not going to pay for it. You got to pay for it yourself. In other words, you're going to do something to receive it. The Bible says that there are gifts of the Spirit. And what did, what did, what did, what when Scriptures Paul was writing, he says, covet earnestly. On, on Friday, we're talking about laboring for things that meets for eternal life, that endures, that procures that establishes, that pushes for eternal life. In other words, there's some price you're going to pay. Some price you're going to pay. You want intellectual grace, you're going to pay the price. You want business grace, you're going to pay the price. You're going to pay the price. In other words, financial grace is provoked. It's provoked. It's provoked. Abraham enjoyed the general grace. God said to him, hey, come, follow me. Just like many of us, God has extended a call to you and I. and said, look, hey, follow me by salvation. But, but look at the life of Abraham. For Abraham to encounter the next dimensions of the favor, uncommon favor of God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 14, Abraham had another encounter with grace. And God said to him, you know, God, the scripture says that a, a priest met him. A high priest. Of the most high. Called Melchizedek. 
met him in verse 20. The Bible says in Genesis 14. After the man has said different things, the scripture says that Abraham gave. In other words, he was provoking something. He was provoking something. He was provoking something. He said, Abraham gave a tenth of all. Genesis chapter 15. If you move from Genesis chapter 14 and in, down into Genesis 15, the Bible says that God appeared unto Abraham and said to him in a vision, don't be afraid. After he had given something, there is always something that provokes God to do something. And friends, if you want to enjoy financial grace, you must be ready to provoke it. Ask the person beside you, are you ready to provoke financial grace? Those of you who are watching online, put it out there in the chat room. Are you ready to provoke? Are you ready to provoke it? You, could be, you have to be ready to provoke it. Every time men provoke financial grace or provoke any element of grace, do you know what happens? God shows up. God shows up. God shows up. I, I, I've looked through scriptures and one of the things that I've seen that easily moves God to show up is giving. It's giving. And if there's anything that provokes financial grace more than anything, it is giving. Prayers don't provoke financial grace as much as giving does. It doesn't. Confession of faith does not provoke financial grace as much as giving does. So there's something unique. And when I started looking at the scriptures, I, I realized four components of things that, 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 that giving does when it comes to God. The first thing that giving does when it comes to God is that God delights in it. Giving delights God. It delights God. It makes God happy. The, the scripture says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, it says God loves a cheerful giver. He loves. It delights in it. It delights in it. He loves it. And, and listen, friends, anything that God loves attracts divine favor. Anything. When God loves it, it attracts divine favor. It, it attracts unusual dimensions of favor. Unusual. I think in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, I think the Passion Translation of Scriptures, it puts it this way. It says, we show mercy to the poor and not miss an opportunity to do the acts of kindness to others. For these are the true sacrifices that God delights in. That delights the heart of God. That delights God's heart. These are sacrifices. In other words, when, when God sees men, when God sees women, that does what? That extends their hands. God is saying, hey, look at, my, look at people who are like me. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world and he gave. Everything responds to giving. Now think for a moment. Think for a moment. Or let's, let's do a small exercise. I think we've done this exercise before, but let's do it again. Take a deep breath. Now keep taking it in. How many people can sustain it for a long time without releasing it? You just keep taking it in. You keep taking in air. You keep taking in air. You keep taking in air. And you don't give out. Very soon, you realize that either you will choke, <laughs> or you'll be out of breath, you know, or you die. But so, so, life in itself has been created to do what? To give and take, give and receive, give and receive. So, the moment you stop giving, you're a candidate for what? That's how God has designed it. So every time God sees men and women who are obeying the laws that he put in place, God is delighted because he knows that they have understanding. The, the second thing about giving is that it's a principle 
gold that, multi, that, that, that enhances or provokes multiplication. Giving is a principle that provokes multiplication. The earth in itself is founded on that principle. When God created the world, do you know that God could have created 8 billion people at one go? Yeah, he could have. He could have created 8 billion people in one go. So, look, hey, let's have it. Human beings multiply all over. 200, 350 million in the US. 100 million in Nigeria. Canada, 35 million. And they just begin to distribute them. You know what? They will just, they will just be appearing in all of those places. But you see, that, that is not the principles of God. That is not the principles of God. The principles of God is that a little seed multiplies. A little seed multiplies. You sow a little seed, that before you know what that little seed becomes a mighty tree. You, you, you plant a corn. You get what? You get a cup. You, a man gives a seed you know, to the woman and he multiplies and gets a child. And on and on. That is how the principles of God are. And friends, when therefore you connect to that principle by the act of giving, you're not, you're, you're doing what? You are fulfilling the law of multiplication. That is why the scripture says, give and it shall be given to you good measures, pressed down, shaking together and running over. If therefore you want to enjoy financial grace, you must be ready to do what to be a giver. Must be ready to give, be a giver. The third dimension that giving does is that giving challenges God to act. And I like this very well. It challenges God to act. There are very few scriptures, if not one or two, where God said we should challenge him. Challenge me. Can you imagine if, I don't know who I will use as an example. Okay, somebody should give me the name of the richest man in the world. We'll have different voices. <laughs> so whatever name you want to choose, you know, whatever name you want to choose. Now let, let's assume the guy walks into this place and says to, you know, Sister Mosu, and says, hey, Mosu. You know, because you may not be able to call the name properly. <laughs> can, you, can you challenge me? And they say, how? Challenge me by giving and see whether I will not blow your mind. That's what God said in Malachi chapter 3. Let's look at it, verse 10. Let's read the new living NLT version of scriptures. He said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse so that there's enough food in my house. He said, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the heavens for you. I will pour out a blessing so great for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. You know, I thought it would end there. He now says, try it. He didn't stop there. He says, put me to test. In other words, God is saying, challenge me here. Challenge me. Challenge me. Challenge me. Challenge me. And friends, the way to know whether this, what, what God says in his scripture works is to see people challenge God in scriptures. What happened to them? That's the way to know. That's the way, not to, way to know. Because if you see what happened to the people who challenged God, who took this challenge, then you know that, look, hey, this works. And that, for me, that's how I, sometimes I interpret scriptures. Yeah. Okay, so I should challenge you. Let us look at the people who challenged 
What happened to them? Abraham took the challenge. He challenged God. The Bible says he gave his son. That was his best. He said, if I even God qualified it, whom you love. He gave his son. And, and, and what happened to him? The scripture says that God made an everlasting covenant. Can you imagine if God says, give me your best? What are you going to give? What are you going to do? Will you challenge him? David took the challenge. Oh, but, and, and every time I look at David's case, every now and then, I, I go back to reading and to reading and to reading and to reading it. And, and the reason why I do that is simply because, you know, somewhere, somewhere you, know, you know, as a child, people have dreams. As a child, people, yeah, I don't know about you, but everybody has dreams. One of the things I've always dreamed of when I was growing up, and I remember very well, you know, speaking with some of, some of my friends when we were in, in the uni. And they were talking and say, hey, what do you want to become when you grow up? Where do you want to become? And one said, hey, I'm going to be a, an evangelist. I'll be preaching the gospel all over the place. Another one said, oh, I'm going to be a pastor. I said, I said, me, I don't want to be a pastor. I want to be a business person. And I want to be financing the gospel. But no, God played a trick, a trick on me. But, but at the end of the day, he put the two packages in one. Challenge him, friends. Challenge him. Look, look at what God did to, to Abraham, I mean to David. The scripture says that David took the bait and he challenged God. He challenged God. David woke up one day and said, What am I going to, how am I going to be sitting in this lovely house? This fine, beautiful house. And God is not sitting anywhere. Let me do build for him a house. Before then, nobody has ever thought of building God a house. Nobody. In fact, if, if he was in, in this generation uh, and, and somebody wakes up and says, let me build God this kind of magnificent house, people will say, ah, are you, are you crazy? If we look at the quantity and the quality and the money that David put into this thing, it shows his heart for God. The scripture says that David did what? He challenged, he took the challenge and he gave, I, I tried to do the maths. I tried to do the maths. I don't know what time will permit me to do the maths. But let's, let's quickly go to First Chronicles. Chapter 22. First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 14. Let's look at it. As we begin to probably see how fast track and round up. Are you there? Okay, let, let's read it in this translation. After that, we'll look at it from maybe the message translation. It says, indeed... I have taken much trouble. Now this is David speaking. To prepare for the house of the Lord. David said, I'm going to build God a house. God said, no, you're not going to build it. If you were the one, God, you would say, oh, Lord, I want to do something great for you. And God said, no, you're not going to do it. Your son will do it. What will you do? I'll say, okay, God, thank you. <laughs> oh, 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 pastor, I want to, I want to walk in social department. Social department say, oh, oh, pastor, uh, pastor says, no, you can't walk in that department. I'm not using myself as God, but I just use this as an analogy. Someone will say, oh, father, just thank you. Father, thank you. Let me just. That, David didn't. David said, okay, I'm not going to build it. I understand that. But Lord, I'm going to finance it. I'm going to finance it. And, but hear what the scripture says that David did. He says he, he prepared a hundred thousand talents of gold. Hundred thousand talents of gold. One million talents of silver. And bronze and iron beyond measure. Who, who knows the value of that in current, current terms? When we read Bible, what do we do? We just read... 100,000 talents of gold is close to 4,000 tons of gold. Close to 4,000 tons of gold. Now, by 
the value of a ton of gold as at 24th of January, that value was over $200 billion. Over $200 billion. When you get back home, put it into, put it into your, put it into Google and search it out. Over $200 billion in, in value terms. This one million talents of silver is almost 40,000 you know, tons of silver. And in value terms, that is close to $30 billion. So if you put it out together, David was giving to God about $250 billion at this time. But in today's currency, in today's world, to build what? A house. If some people, oh, how can they just waste money like that? How can they waste money like that? You see, it is not now people started talking about those kind of things. A woman was using the best costly ornament, giving it to Jesus to rub Jesus' feet. And they started saying, ah, why can't you give it to the poor? It's not now. They started talking about it. They will keep talking. From the days of Jesus, they've been saying it. But see, the point is, it is the heart that God is looking at. The heart that this man had to give everything he had. Now, look at the blessings that came after Abraham, I mean, after David. Because I started reading, I said, why is God so, um, so, so partial with David? Why? Why? After David did this, the Bible says that God said to David, I'm going to establish you forever. I'm going to give you a name above every other name or among the famous people of the earth. Now check the name of David. I don't know why it's only David, but I said to God, Father, I have to partake in this. So I gave my first son, David. Jesus is called the son of David. The best city in the world and the coming city is called the city of David. The throne of God is called the throne of David. The mercies of God is called the sure mercies of David. When a man was looking for how to find help, what did he shout? Say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. The tabernacle of God is called the tabernacle of David. Why is this case different? His giving provoked financial grace. And the truth, friends, is that your giving can go beyond the realms of providing financial grace for you. It goes beyond the realm of finances. Because sometimes we think that only giving unlocks the door of finances. What are the women of Shunem who wanted a child? What the Bible says, he kept giving to this man of God called Elisha. He kept giving to the man of God without knowing that, look, that was what was going to open the heavens for her own turnaround. The Bible says that it came a time. And they said, look, what does this woman need? And she said, that's what God does when you keep giving to him. God just says, ah, what does this person need? What does he need? And boom, God released the blessings. That is because when you give to God what money, money buys, you know, or what money, that, the money that you have is available for you to give. You know what? God gives you what money cannot buy. And there are so many things in this life that money cannot buy. So many. Oh, I've tested it over and over again. So I'm not preaching what I've not tested. Remember several years ago, I said to God, because there was a need. I said, Lord, I'm going to give out the only vehicle we had at the time. There was no other vehicle. I said to my wife, look, there's a need in the house, in the church. Let's give the, let's give the car. And we pre- talked about it. Thank God for a godly woman. I said, yes, let's go ahead. We did not know where we were going to get the vehicle the next day to ride. We sold it into church. But I, I remember saying to God one thing. I said, Lord, as I give her this car, I don't want to suffer the want of any car again. Amen. And that was the beginning of when I started driving brand new cars. Because from nowhere, I, I wasn't due for it. Suddenly in my office, they said, hey, we're going to give you a company car. That was how the blessings started coming. Listen, friends, I will give you houses you did not build. I will give you vineyards you did not plant. I will give you businesses you did not labor for. I hear God say to someone, God is going to download upon you the riches of heaven and the riches of the earth in the mighty name of Jesus. 
One of the things that giving does is that it provokes, produces unusual, usual blessings. Unusual blessings. Unusual blessings. And we see that in the life of Solomon. Usual blessings in the life of Solomon. Many people read the account of Solomon and the Bible opens by saying in 1 Kings 3, verse 3, and Solomon loved the Lord. But you see, if he stopped there, then one would say God is partial. Because there was no other introduction before then. In the first place, God, they said somewhere that and, and God loved Solomon. And then the next place, they said, and Solomon loved the Lord. And that was the whole story. But if you go down to, you know, the next verse of scripture, verse 5. And the Bible says, and Solomon appeared before God, you know, in the next day. I think that was in verse 4. And the scripture says that he gave a thousand burnt offering. He came to Gibeon. Nobody had done that before. It was an unusual sacrifice. An unusual sacrifice. And then look at what the scripture said, the next verse. And God appeared. If you want God to appear to you in dimensions you have never known before, be a generous giver. Generous giver. Make up your mind. I'm going to challenge God. The, 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 the truth is that most of us, where we are at financially, even the resources we have can't meet up all our needs. So why are we keeping it down? Why? Why not could we just challenge God? Sometimes I'm a crazy risk taker. Yes, but you see, I take calculated risk based on the fact that I know I'm a short banker. Not the kind of people who just go, you know, to PEM 2 from 3 and they enter into a gas, gas station and they said, um, they just say, okay, which, which one is the winning number? But see, the, 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 the risk taking that I take is that I bank on God. Bank on, bank on him. Solomon, Solomon said this. The Bible says he gave a thousand, a thousand burnt offering. Why? The Bible said that God appeared to him. The second time that God appeared to him. Look at it in, in, in First King chapter 8, verse 63. It says, Solomon offered to the Lord a peace offering of 22,000 cattle. 120,000 sheep and goat when he dedicated the temple. And then if you read the next verse, the Bible says, and God appeared to him. <laughs> why, why is it that it is when they give this in that God appears? Why? Why? So many years ago, I was in deep financial situations. And when I read through the scriptures, I, I said, God, I, I need a change in my situation. I need a change in my life. And I will never forget the scripture that came to my mind. Psalms 50. Since then till now, that scripture have, have, have held up to me. Or I've held up to that scripture. It says, offer unto the Lord thanksgiving and pay your vows. And then I started thinking, oh, what vow did I make to God? And I started remembering many that I have made before that I didn't keep. So I took an offering and I said to God, I can't remember all that I've vowed for and the ones that I've not vowed. Lord, I am coming to your presence and I brought the, my, the, a, an offering in the presence of God. And I said, Lord, I am asking for a turnaround in this situation in my life. And friends, God showed up. God showed up. God showed up. If you look at scriptures, you realize that the stories of people who made great turnaround is rooted in what they did that cost a turnaround. And if you want a turnaround, friends, you're going to do something this year. Don't allow this year just to go by like that. Make up your mind you're going to be an addicted giver. Make up your mind you're going to be crazy when it comes to giving. So, if you follow the stories of these people, it makes a world of difference. Paul concluding this, and I think I'd like to bring this to a close. He was writing to the church in Corinth. He said to them that there's a financial grace in the church called the church of the Macedonians. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. 
He said, now brothers, we know the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. We know the grace of God. And in verse 2, he goes on to say that in a great trial of affliction and the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, they abounded. In other words, they gave much more, you know, towards their, they gave much more in terms of their liberality to God. And if you go down to verse 3, the scripture says, I bear witness. That, that was Paul speaking. That according to their ability and even beyond their ability, they were willing to give. Now, if, if you go down, if you go down in verse 7, Paul now begins to encourage the church in Corinth. He said, Look, hey, if you want this type of grace, then you need to do what? You need to abound in the same spirit that they have. You need to connect to it. So he says to them in verse 7, But as you have abounded in everything, you abound in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in diligence, in love for us. He says, See also that this grace, you abound. In other words, he was saying to the church, You need to abound in the grace of financial giving. You need to abound in it. You need to abound in it. And he went further to say that when you abound in this grace, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, he says, God will cause every grace to abound towards you. In other words, your ability to give to God opens up many other doors for you. He said, you abound in many other grace. You will abound such that having all sufficiency in all the things you need, you may have abundance to every good work. Every good work. You see, this grace of giving manifests in at least seven dimensions. Time is not going to permit me to talk about it. We can bring in the service to a close. We can like us to just take some prayers. At least seven dimensions. When Jesus Christ gave, he gave himself. He gave his life. He gave his resources. He gave everything. Look at what the scripture says in Revelation chapter 5 that happened to him. And that is the dimension that God wants you and I. Because it says in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12. It says, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that gave himself that was slain. And then when he gave, what did he receive? He said, to receive. One, Power, two, riches, three, wisdom, four, strength, five, six, seven, blessings. Those are the dimensions. So it's not only limited to finances. Oh, he opens unusual doors when it comes to power. If you want dimensions of power never known before, you're going to connect By way of giving. You want riches? Connect by way of giving. You want wisdom? That was what Solomon did. Connect by way of giving. You want strength? Connect. You want honor? Connect. You want glory and blessings? Connect. You, you can attract open heavens, friends. You can. You can. By giving out of even the little you have. You can attract God's presence. Solomon attracted his presence by giving. You can attract the blessings of God in different dimensions of life. I hear God say to someone, what you need is to unlock the heavens over your life. And it comes with a sacrifice. comes with a sacrifice. What sacrifice are you going to bring? What life of sacrifice are you going to live by? This year, friends, I'd like you to challenge God. Challenge God. Challenge God. In every aspect of life, whether it is power, whether it is money, whether it is promotion, whether it is honor, whether it is dignity, whatever aspect of life, challenge him. And there are four, four, three dimensions of qualities that, that you require to engage in. One is that you need to sow generously if you need to challenge this God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, it says, remember this. 
Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. He says, remember this, that he who sows sparingly also reaps what? Reaps sparingly. But he who does what? He who sows generously does what reaps generously. I always say this. Every man or woman's, woman must sow to the size of the expected harvest. I'd like, like to break it down a bit. What harvest are you looking for tomorrow? So to that harvest. If to be a blessing to your generation, if all you require is a corn, a, a, a cob of corn, then so only one maize, only one seed of corn. At least you know that it will, bring, it, it will grow up. When it grows up, it will bring at least one cob. It will carry at least one cob. Some may be generous. God may be generous. Some will carry two. You know, in the plant. So if that is how much you want to be a blessing. But if you sow that one, maybe by the time your son finishes eating it, nothing is left. Then you start looking for handouts. But if you want to be a blessing, oh, plow the whole field. And take so many seeds and sow all over the place. So that by the time you reap so much, then you, you eat out of it. And because you are going to be a blessing... There's so much to give out. So it is, it is the level of your harvest that should be the, the, the detector of what you give. Not, not others. Not others. How much do I want to be a blessing? How much do I want to be? Or, or, or there are people that myself and my wife have committed ourselves that for life we'll be giving things to. There are people that by the special grace of God, by the grace of God, you know, working upon our lives, we've committed ourselves to that. Look, hey, for, for as long as God keeps us, this is what we're going to be doing. And we do it religiously, monthly. But pastors, orphans, widows, people that we made up our mind that we're going to commit us. So, now, so it is the size of the harvest. So that, that is why if, 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 if I'm trusting God for enlargement, I'm trusting him because I want to be a blessing. That, that the scriptures say the wealth of the wicked is stored up for what? For the righteous. I am believing God that I'm going to be a channel of blessing so that I, I, many will be... I, I don't know how many people are, I was reading through the book of Job this, you know, this week. And I realized that Job at some point started telling God... Oh, how I wish my days were back like the days. And I said, oh, so these are the secrets of, most times the secrets of people are in their stories. He said, oh, how I wish my days were like back in the days where, you know, when I stood by the streets, people honored me. He said, I was a blessing to the poor. I was a blessing to him who did not have. I was a blessing to this. I was a blessing to that. I was a blessing. To that is what God wants you to be. That's what God wants you to be. He, he wants you to be a blessing to others. He does not want you to be me, I, and myself. Oh, my mortgage. Oh, I need a new car. Oh, there's nothing wrong with buying a new car. Oh, oh, I, oh, I need a bigger apartment. There's nothing wrong. But be a blessing to many. Be a blessing to many. So be, be generous with your seeds. And it's okay. It's okay if you don't want to so spirally. It's up to you. It's okay. If you decide you don't want to, mm, it's okay. Be it unto you. The Bible says, be it unto you according to your faith. It's okay. It's okay. So that some people will not say, oh, pastor is talking now because, because, because oh, they, maybe the church needs money. But the special grace of God, true no grace, I've not needed any money from anyone. God has done his work by himself in this place. We've never lacked an ability to pay any bill. God has provided. And it's not because of anyone. It's just because there's a grace upon this house and I know it. And everywhere I see where grace is, I connect. I connect. I connect. I connect. I called a man of God who I saw some dimensions of grace that I needed. And then listen, friends, there are some grace you, 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 you contact by your, by your giving. I said, sir, can I see you? He said, what do I need? What, what am I? I said, sir, I just want to come and see you. It's okay, come. When I went there, I said, sir, I'm, I, just, just, I just came to give you this envelope, sir. He said, really? He said, nothing else. He said, no. I said, are you sure? He said, no, sir. 
I just, I just want to connect. There's a grace that I see you carry. I just want to connect. I just want to connect. You're going to connect, friends. You're going to connect. You're going to connect. You're going to connect. So it's, it's up to you how you want to connect. But I've made up my mind. As, as the father that I, I serve owns the heavens and the earth, I must be a blessing. I must be. And friends, you can be. And I decree over everyone under the sound of my voice. Who wants to be a blessing? May God make you a blessing. May God make you a blessing. May God make you a blessing. The second dimension of it is if, if you want to really, really be, you know, connect to this is that you must propose in your heart. It's a hard decision. What are you going to do? Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 7. He says, let each one give as he proposes. In other words, nobody's going to drag you. Thank God in throne of grace, we don't, we don't chase after anybody to pay anything. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Otherwise, uh, you know, I had a very, very, very interesting story <laughs> one day. <laughs> and I said, Father, never puts me in that position. A pastor, you know, had a, an issue with one church, one, his church member. And his church member was very angry. Very angry. And he came to the pastor and said, Pastor, all my tithes that I've been paying in this house, give it back to me. <laughs> give me back all my tithes. <laughs> And to make matters worse, the guy said, oh, Pastor, you see, when you did your birthday on so so and so date, I gave you so so and so amount of money. I need the check back. <laughs> Some of you say, uh, uh, This happened in the Reading Christian Church of God. It wasn't in another church, in the Reading Christian Church, not America. I won't want to say more because if I say more, because the, the information is, you know. Almost a public information. But you, you're going to propose in your heart. You see, where if you give a gift and that gift is not dead, it's not a gift. You've not sold it. How many people have planted a corn? And then tomorrow you come back and say, Lord, I planted this corn. Give it back to me. You, you, you pull, the scripture says, except a corn of wheat dies, he abides alone until your giving is dead. It does not affect any results in your life. Too many people are giving and their giving is not dead. Oh, what are they even doing with the money? I don't even know what they're doing with the money. In fact, I'm not going to give again because they're not even using it. Are you giving to man or you're giving to God? Oh, I'm not saying that churches should not be prudent with respect to the use of resources. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that you that is the giver must make up your mind. Once he lifts my hand, it's done. It's done. Some people will give people gifts and they'll say, uh, Pastor, you're not wearing the cloth I gave to you. <laughs> I thought you gave it to me. Why, why, why are you embarrassing me? Why are you embarrassing me? Or some people will give their wife, give their wife money. I say, oh, my dear, huh? this money I gave you, you're not doing anything with it. Why did you spend it that way? I thought you gave it to her. You gave it to her. So why you are, why you are, you see, listen, listen, and, and the truth, that the truth is that many times we give something and then we monitor what we have given. That's not, that's not gift. That's not the giving. That's not gift. The Bible says, propose in your heart. Propose in your heart. In other words, there must be a determination that you're going to give it and it's gone, it's gone. It's gone, it's gone. It's gone, it's gone. Why you are giving it to God for God's purpose and to his glory? Friends, you must be an addicted giver. It, that means also by equation that when you, when you come to, when you make up your mind to give, it's not a spontaneous thing. It is something that is predetermined. All my givings are predetermined. I say to God every year, I want to increase my giving beyond the last year because I want to be a greater blessing this year than I was last year. In other words, I'm not ruled by number. You know, some of us are fixated by numbers. Oh, it is 10%. I'm not ruled by numbers. I give beyond 
as a, that's my own policy. I am trusting God that the time is going to come because I read stories of people who give 90%. They do the reverse order of Titan. I, I read and say, ah, but, but, Lord, but my faith is growing small by small. Oh, there are certain things I've said to God. I look, hey, Lord, we're going to be partners here. 50-50. So if you do yours, I do mine. So you, friends, you, 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 you've got to propose in your heart. Propose in your heart what you're going to do. Propose in your heart. And, and thank, thank, and also I'm praying that God will open our eyes to catch understanding. May God open our eyes to catch understanding. Because sometimes some of us will say, oh, but you see, pastor, I'm a student. I don't have anything to give. I started giving when I was in high school, university. They give me pocket money, $100. Dollar equivalent. $10, I give it out. Give it to God. So, is irrespective of what category or what age you are, just make up your mind because you want to be a blessing. The third category is that you have to give it cheerfully. With the right attitude. With the right attitude. The Bible says in verse 7, So let each one proposes in his heart, not grudgingly, not out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You want financial grace? Be cheerful with your giving. Give it with a swag. Oh Lord, I, I'm, just giving, I'm just bringing the best to you. I'm bringing what I got for you. Not, not with him. Not with, I don't even know this kind God self. But Lord, I wouldn't have given my title. I wouldn't have just, just that. I don't want devourer to begin to bite me. You know that some people give them, they, they give out of fear rather than out of love. It must not be based on love. It must not be based on fear rather. It must be based on love. If you look at the story of David, the Bible said that David said to God, he says, he says who am I? It's out of everything he has given in 1 Corinthians chapter 29, verse 14. He says, who am I? He says, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as these? It's like 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 14. He says, who am I? In other words, he was saying in other words that this is a privilege. And that's how I see it. And that's how we should see it. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. Oh, but, 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 but Israel, people have abused this in several churches. Yes, I know. But then, it does not nullify the fact that you are giving what you are giving to God. You're giving it to God. God has not abused it. And it is him you're giving it to. It's him you're giving it to. And friends, in closing, every one of us must never forget that we are living on a furnished apartment called Earth. How many people have lived in a furnished apartment before? You just moved in. You didn't bring in anything. And then as you are moving out, they don't allow you to take out anything. You are going out. They say where you came in. This earth is a furnished apartment. You have moved in with nothing. You are going to go out with nothing. No matter how much it is you've accumulated. So what makes the difference in this furnished apartment is that within the context of what God gives you grace, you must be ready and willing to be a blessing to others. That is why Jesus Christ said in, in, in the last days, I will say, hey, 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 I was hungry. And you did not feed me. I was in prison. But you didn't visit me. In other words, he was saying, let your good deeds come to me as a memorial. Friends, listening and listening closely. We must not labor for the things that perish. Let's labor for the things that makes for eternity. My prayer is that God will blow your mind. My prayer is that God will bless you beyond your wildest imagination. Listen, friends, God is looking for treasurers he would download resources to. God is looking for treasurers. The Bible says that God, his eyes is searching to and fro. So it's like, he's searching. So he's looking through throne of grace. And he's saying, um, okay, where, are those, where are those who, if I give them now, they'll be a dam. 
They will just keep collecting. Bros, can you help me? Uh, no, sir. But keep collecting. Bros, I've not eaten today. God bless you. Then he will pass. Still looking. Still looking. Still looking. Then he sees somebody. Oh, sis, how are you today? Oh, I'm fine. Sis, you know, I've not, I've not really paid my rent and uh, it's, it's been tough. So, oh, really? Don't you have a job? Well, it's just been rough. I have a job, but I was just sacked from job and I didn't have anything. So, oh, really? The God says, give, give. And he took, takes out of nothing, then gives to that person. That person will go back thanking the father for creating that sister that was a blessing to her. That's what God is waiting for. God is waiting for men and women that they will release the blessings of heavens and the blessings of the earth. And I declare over throne of grace, the financial grace to prosper. May God release it upon you, release it upon your family in the mighty name of Jesus. The grace to expand the territories and to be a blessing, receive it now. In the mighty name of Jesus. The grace that makes you never lack again. Receive it now. In the mighty name of Jesus. The grace that makes you a blessing to nations. Receive it now. In the mighty name of Jesus. The grace that makes you a carrier of blessings to people. Receive it now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.